Welcome to the Financial Insight Podcast, IFA Magazine's weekly podcast. The Financial Insight Podcast is for professional investors only. Thank you. Today, we will be speaking to Charlotte O'Leary, CEO of Pensions for Purpose. Thanks for joining us today for the latest IFA Magazine podcast. And I'm going to be talking ESG and pensions with Charlotte O'Leary, who is CEO of Pensions for Purpose, an organisation set up to help pensions to invest for impact. And on our agenda today is a quick walkthrough of why ESG matters when it comes to pensions and also how it can be integrated effectively too. So Charlotte, welcome to IFA Magazine. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much. It's a real pleasure to be able to talk to you about this topic, something that I think fills people with excitement, fear, dread. Um, There are so many different acronyms. It's quite difficult to get your head around. And hopefully um, organisations like ours try to break that down into manageable pieces so that we can start to integrate it more readily. So we, as you mentioned, we work with pension funds. We work with investment consultants, asset managers, and also with um, partner organisations to try and help people understand environmental social impact investing. And I think one of the key things that's really helped to understand right from the top, because we often get quite quickly into the detail of ESG and impact without Mm. really thinking Mm. about what what the differences are. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So so I, I, I try to talk about this we start, have started to talk about double materiality in relation to companies. People think, oh my goodness, we've now brought up another term. And really the way I, the way I put this is um, environmental, social and governance factors and ESG investing um, is about understanding the impact the world has on a company. And impact investment is about understanding the impact that the company has on the world. Oh, it's a great so that's exactly yeah. so that's the idea yeah. of double material and you can see that if you just took an ESG approach you would understand the risk and opportunities that relate or are posed towards that company but you wouldn't understand the impact that the, the bigger is ones having. so yeah. it's really important to embed both of those things and we think about impact investing as a philosophy so you know it's a bit like thinking of Um, Christopher Columbus working out that the world is not flat it's round and impact is like that it's it's like suddenly understanding the world is is three-dimensional you know including risk return and impact. Mm. Now that's a that's a great way to frame it and uh, thank you for for, uh, we do like de-jargonizing if we possibly can so can we move on then but and can I ask you for your views on why environmental and social impact really matters in the context of institutional investment, and particularly in relation to pension funds. It's it's really interesting this. So it it matters at a lot of different levels and for different reasons. And we've created a really complex system for pension funds for good reasons, you know, where we're trying to protect um, people's income in retirement. Mm. I think sometimes we forget who Uh, we are serving and who the beneficiaries are and I think members you know pension scheme members and when we're talking about members we're talking about you and me we're all Mm -hmm. invested in a pension fund we're all going to have to retire um, in the future and we want that not to be a four degree world um, where we're underwater Um, so (laughs) it's really thinking about how do we make sure that our investments are going into things that are going to help us um, transition to a more sustainable world 
you know, how do we invest in new technologies, in renewables? How do we invest in that shift? But at the same time, ensure that we can continue to pay those pensions. Um, we know that obviously there's a lot of calls around, you know, divestment from oil and gas companies, and we understand that, but it's how do we do this in a pragmatic way? So environmental social impact matters now in a way it hasn't done in, in the past because of transparency of data. So there's the task force for climate related financial disclosures. There's now a task force for nature related financial disclosures, and that's all about biodiversity. Um, and natural capital, so our forests, our land, um, you know, our oceans, really thinking about how we um, sustain life, you know, in, in those areas and, and make sure that, you know, we can kind of continue to flourish. And before we couldn't quantify, we couldn't quantify those risks or those opportunities. There are no accounting practices to be able to embed them. Mm. And the difference now is we're starting to be able to embed sustainability into the accounting practices of companies. We're starting to be able to value natural capital. And as soon as you can do that, mm. that obviously affects the value of a company. It affects, you know, their ability to borrow money, to invest, you know, um, and that has significant impacts as an investor, you know, and as well as reputational risk. So the more transparency there is on these factors, the more that the government um, is looking to put in regulation, um, the more that we have to get pension funds to consider these sorts of investments. But, but even greater than that, we have to make sure that everyone's retiring into a world worth living in. So mm -hmm. our youngest members, as well as our oldest members, will be affected by all of these issues. And so we need to make sure that we're engaging with um, those investments in the right way to make sure we're having the right impact. Mm, yeah, true. And obviously our audience listening will be professional advisors, financial advisors, and to them, obviously, everything you've just said then will resonate very, very strongly. So what, what then are the, the main barriers to, to that at the moment? Well, there are, there are a few things. So I, I think some of them are... Um, real and some are perceived barriers and mm -hmm. I think that that's what's really very difficult in this area um there is there, ha there has been a perception that you have to give up return that you might not get a market rate risk adjusted yeah, return very much so yeah if yeah. you're investing in this area um there's a concern around the data and there are also um some issues around this, this sort of definition you know, is impact an allocation? Is it about being intentional and additional? So adding a, adding capital mm. into the system um, rather than just operating the secondary market. And, and so some of it is to do with trying to bring these frameworks together, this terminology. We know that we've got the kind of green taxonomy. We know that the, the UK government's looking at SDR. We've got mm. the FCA's review of ESG um, mislabeling. So mm -hmm. all of these things are coming mm -hmm. together. I think there's, there's confusion, quite rightly. But what we are seeing is um, a galvanizing towards more standardized frameworks, more standardized terminology. And so I think those barriers will start to come down, which is, which is really, really positive. Um, but we do need um, clar clarity, particularly on things like fiduciary duty, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and the materiality of these factors. So as I mentioned, as these become quantifiable, we have to start thinking about them as financially material, because if they can be used in order to um, devalue or, or add value to a potential um, company, then obviously um, 
that's that's material for a, a pension fund. But currently, the regulation does not necessarily support that. Um, so, so that's some of the difficulty. But also, the other thing I would say is, is we need to bring um, strategies together across the different stakeholders. One of the biggest problems we have in pensions is the massive amount of intermediation from the member to the trustees, to the third party advisors and consultants, the legal firms, to the asset managers, the underlying portfolio companies. And if they're all being asked to do different things and measure on different criteria, mm. it's going to be very, very difficult to bring those different objectives together. What's positive is that we are seeing, I mean, we've seen, for instance, in the Queen's speech, the Better Business Act. Mm -hmm. Now that may take some time to come through, but that's really trying to get companies to work according to better practices on lots of different social environmental factors. We've seen more um, companies striving for B Corp status, so mm -hmm. embedding impact, you know, in the way that they're setting themselves yes, they up. Do. Yeah, exactly. And the more that we can connect investors and companies with those same aims, the easier it will be in a in a very intermediated um, chain. Mm. Well, very, very makes a lot of sense, as you say. And let's just hope that it's, it's, it can work in practice, that we can actually get that momentum together. You are listening to the Financial Insight Podcast. To keep up to date with the latest news in financial services, follow us on at IFA Magazine on Twitter or connect with us on LinkedIn. Um, so if we take a, take a more positive look this time, then rather than barriers, um, we're looking at, at best practice now. I'd just be really interested to hear your views on what does best practice look like here in terms of integrating impacts into the investment portfolio? And, and you know what, this is a really, really tricky one because it does come down to, it, it does come down to the individual pension fund. I don't think there is necessarily a one size fits all, but I think there are um, some good governance principles um, and, uh, I, I'm going to plug something that we support and it's absolutely free to um, adopt. But with the Impact Investing Institute, um, so we worked in, in partnership with them on a, a paper that they produced on the impact investing principles for pensions, which is about integrating impact into your portfolio, going from objective setting. So, so recognizing that objective setting upfront in relation to impact is really important. So are you going to have a net zero target and interim objectives? Um, are you going to embed the SDG, the United Nations Sustainable <laughs> Development Goals, and how are you going to look at those? And then looking through into the kind of implementation. So how do you then um, get alignment on those objectives with your investment consultant and your asset managers? How do you align your stewardship activities or engagement activities with that? And then how do you measure it? So from our perspective, it isn't a case of there's a sort of one size fits all, but there's a, there are some good governance steps to go through sequentially that I think would lead to the best outcomes. And I think those four steps broadly cover it. They also kind of mop up or allow you to integrate a lot of these different frameworks that, that I've, I've mentioned. Um, so I think, I think that's a really helpful exercise to go through as well as then understanding where you currently sit. So do an you can do now SDG mapping exercises, mm -hmm. you know, and looking mm -hmm. at your carbon emissions across your entire portfolio. So I think the first kind of exercise is baseline, look at what the impacts are, mm -hmm. and also negative and positive impacts, which comes back to that having an overarching philosophy to understand net impact, you know, is key to this. Um, so, and we've seen that. So we know that it's possible for pension funds to do this. We've had pension funds sign up to and become adopters of the impact investing principles. 
um, LGPS funds, um, as well as DC master trusts mm -hmm. and schemes. So, which is really, really positive. And it starts to dismantle this myth around pension funds not being able to do this, which is great. We've also yes. most encouragingly seen um, a, a large swathe of the investment consultants and fiduciary managers becoming adopters and actually embedding it in the advice that they give to clients. And once, they, once these kinds of frameworks can be put into place and it becomes more measurable, doesn't it? And then it, 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 all, it all just knits together much more efficiently. Good. Um, I guess now I'm going to look back at, at uh, Pensions for Purpose. And I wonder if you could just explain to our listeners today how Pensions for Purpose is actually helping to get capital to flow towards impact investing in the way that we just talked about. Yeah. So one of the things that I've, I thought I'd mention up front, you know, um, and one of the things that I suppose can either potentially create a barrier or also be best practice is authenticity. So a lot of people talk about greenwashing, they talk about impact washings, mm -hmm. it's because of um, gaps in data, emissions, you know, um, is how, how, do you dem how do you work out whether a company really believes this, an asset manager, a third party yeah. advisor, you know, whoever it is. And um, so we, we went, we've gone, we were a um, not-for-profit and we changed to a limited um, entity uh, last year. And as part of that process, we went through the B Corps assessment and we wrote into our articles of association that we will consider all key stakeholders as well as environmental and social impacts. That's actually in, embedded in the way that the company works. And we also do a full impact assessment, which looks at the way we treat staff, workers, community, all key stakeholders. Um, and so that runs through the way we operate as an organization, but also all of the services that we supply. And that's how we think that's the best measure of alignment all the way through, because it means that in terms of how you think about distribution of your dividends, how you work with shareholders, mm -hmm. how you get, you know, how you pay your employees, how you work with your members, clients. Um, it all, um, as you quite nicely put, knits together um, and really demonstrates that, that alignment all the way through. And we've started to see more and more asset managers go for B Corps status yeah. to really demonstrate that this is not something that just operates in one part of their investment product offering, but it's actually a philosophy that carries right through the company in the way that they operate. And I would say there's a big difference between those that have that sort of approach and, and those. And now I'm not saying that B Corps is necessarily the right. It may not be right for every organization. Mm -hmm. So I'm not, you know, but I think something like that that demonstrates alignment. Having that having a process. Exactly. That that's that's mm -hmm. it. It's a it's a robust process. Um, so just that's just us as an organization. But what we're doing is we wanted to really sort of catalyze action. Our mission is about getting more capital towards to flow towards impact investing, as you said. And it's really, how do we do that? So, so we don't try and stick to one particular model. We do look at where there are gaps, challenges. We work with our members, with asset owners to say, look, what do you need from us? You know, is it, is it more education? Is it more training? Um, you know, is it for us to lobby government, to work on policy? Do we need to partner with other organizations? And that's what I think businesses need to do. They need to be more adaptive. You know, we, we're driven by revenue, we're driven by profit, profit margins, and that tends to mean that your services become very rigid. And what we need is the flexibility yes. to be able to adapt to what the market needs from us. 
So, so just as a sort of demonstration of that, we've set up member forums where we can get asset owners in a room together across different types of pension schemes. There could be corporate, LGPS, there could be DC Master Trust, professional trustees, and it breaks down barriers so that they can talk about what are the challenges in setting a net zero strategy or implementing TCFD or thinking about biodiversity. Um, okay, they want to invest in natural capital, but their strategic asset allocation framework doesn't allow to, them to do that. How can we help them to break down some of those, mm. those barriers? And often there isn't a forum or an environment for them to be able to discuss that. Yeah, true. But that, so we're allowed sort of facilitating those sorts of discussions and then helping to move the dialogue on. Um, Is there so an openness of, towards those kinds of discussions then? Yeah, absolutely. They really, right. really want That's to be good. Yeah, and there's a humbleness with which they are coming at this, which is, look, we don't have all of the data. We sometimes don't even, we, we've got targets, but we don't know whether we can meet them, you know, because actually our targets are reliant on what the real world economy is doing. And that's yeah. very, very difficult to predict. Yeah, especially um, at the moment. <laughs> exactly. And, and then some of them are saying, you know, we, we've got um, targets that are being disrupted by the current political uncertainty, inflation, all these other things. And it's how do you stay the course? You know, how do you maintain that long-term mentality when all around you, you've got this sort of short-term disruption? Um, so it's really nice to be able to have those frank discussions. So what we've done is we've got a, we've got a Paris Alignment Forum, which obviously sort of does what it says on the tin. We've got an Impact Investing Adopters Forum for um, pension funds that want to sign up to the Impact Investing Principles and have that good governance framework to build it into the way they look at investments. And the most recent one, which is really, really useful for the kind of UK and the levelling up agenda, we set up a place-based impact investing forum, which is about looking at um, positive environmental, social and economic impact in a place. So instead of doing what tends to happen with assets is we strip out assets. So, we, you know, you either invest in real estate or infrastructure, yeah. you know, or particular sectors this is about saying, let's bring investment solutions together that actually create a more robust risk return profile based on what a place needs. So that could be SME finance, um, infrastructure, housing. Um, it could be technology, healthcare, you know, all sorts of things. But the idea, idea is it is based on um, the need of that particular region. And the reason why we identified that particularly in the UK is that the spatial um, you know, and social inequality in the UK is closer to Poland than it is to other more developed um, countries in the EU. So yes. it's really, really very, very poor, particularly when we're thinking about trying mm. to meet those net zero targets. We're not going to be able to do that if we've got such, so, you know, such social in inequity and inequality. So that, that's really why we're trying to target that. And that's a new framework. And the reason why we think that's going to work is we've set up, we've set up the framework with, this is with um, the good economies, the good economy have led on this, with the Impact Investing Institute and ourselves um, to actually broker across stakeholders. So, you know, in places, in um, local councils, they're trying to get investment into projects, but they often don't know how to institutionalize it. So we're trying to connect the dots between the asset owners, the consultants, the asset managers, and then the local projects to say, how do we knit all of this together in terms of what all the different demands and objectives are 
in order to ensure we can get the capital flow towards these sorts of projects. So how do we aggregate them or wrap them, you know, with a, a kind of insurance um, sort of wrapper? Is, are there, you know, can we use blended finance? So we're really trying to think about innovative solutions to allow that capital to flow um, through and also to demonstrate to the government that there are ways that they can also support um, the um, flow of private capital into those areas by backing things, you know, like, um, you know, helping with things like brownfield sites or mm-hmm. investing in certain areas that attract institutional capital. I think those sorts of things can be really, really helpful. Oh, well, it's good to hear that there are so many positive initiatives and that oversight being put in place to help to move towards the position that we all know that needs to happen. So I'm very glad to hear it, Charlotte. You, you're working in a very interesting sphere, that's for sure. Yeah, so I think um, the, la- the only la- last thing that I would say is what I, what I love about impact, and we had um, a really, really good session um, from a member of ours that said, members really care about this. If you, if you want to get um, individuals that you advise to care about anything, you use impact because you can really attach meaning to the investments that people are making when you start talking about environmental and social issues. Um, So, you know, I think it's a great way of attaching meaning to investment in a way that often we, people tend to feel quite divorced from their pension fund and and things that are very far in the future. So I, I think it's really, really good in terms of helping a narrative around that. Oh, that's well, if anything, and the, the amount of money tied up within pensions, too, if that were all to be uh, to, to adopt a more impact approach, then that would have a tremendous impact, wouldn't it? And I'm sure our listeners, the advisors can certainly help to influence that in the decisions that they make with their own clients. Exactly. Definitely. So, Charlotte, thank you very much for joining us today. It's a really interesting conversation. I love what you're doing. It sounds great obviously you there is so much still to do but the fact that you're on that journey is really really encouraging so thank you for that and please do keep us posted the financial insight podcast is for investment professionals only all material has been carefully checked for accuracy but no responsibility can be accepted for inaccuracies wherever appropriate independent research and wherever necessary legal advice should be sought before acting on any information contained in this podcast and value of investments and income from them can go down as well as up. You may not get back the amount you originally invested.